Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International, once again, Apostolic Networking, uh, our private Facebook group, and uh, this is part four of New Testament Leadership, series of teachings and indoctrinations for the leaders and even for church members, if there's such a thing as church members, because we're all part of the body of Christ and we all have a vital role to play in the body of Christ. So let's keep going here. Uh, key references and critical notes. We're going to keep going on Acts 20. Chapter 20, we're going to go into verse 28. I stopped at 27 last time because 28, there was just so much in there to unpack. And even there, I'm not going to do justice to this, this uh, verse 28. Um, let's, let's start looking at this here. So, take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as bishops and guardians, episcopos, uh, to shepherd, to poimen, to tend, to feed and guide and protect the church of the Lord or of God, which he obtained, what the Lord obtained or God obtained for himself, buying it and saving it for himself with his own life, his own blood. All right. So I wrote here, as a leader, as a leader, any type of uh, position of leadership in the church, uh, the Christian church, if you have not done what it takes to protect yourself from false doctrine, from false interpretations, how will you ever be able to protect those you are called to lead? All right, so as in everything else, really, it all begins with me, myself, and I. Look in the mirror. And I wrote here, as a leader in the body of Christ, you are called to lead, lead. We're called to lead God's people in the right direction, in all the truth, uh, and not the wrong direction, not into error. <clears throat> false doctrines, false interpretations lead in the wrong direction, lead people in the wrong direction. And this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in these key verses. So we're going to look at these key verses, okay, that really hinge upon what I just said regarding um, verse 28 of Acts 20, chapter 20. So let's look at first, let's start looking at 1 Corinthians 3.10. It's a big one. Uh, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, Paul's writing this, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Wow, he's laid the foundation. And another builds upon it. But, there's always a but, let every man or woman take heed how he builds upon that foundation. You know, I work construction for years and uh, not necessarily in foundations and different things like that, but I know that you can have a really good foundation, but those who are building upon the foundation, what kind of workmanship? Even if you've got good material, what kind of workmanship? You know, and you can have good workmanship, but what kind of material? You have good material, you got cheap material. So there's all kinds of uh, ways that you can look at this. So this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.10. Um, so I wrote here, the foundation has already been laid for us. Of course, that's found in verse 11. 
Um, yet it's up to us to make sure we build upon it, the foundation, in the right way and not the wrong way. And there's only one person who's qualified to help us in building upon that foundation. It's the one who lives on the inside of us because he's the one who actually helped Paul lay the foundation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the second Adam. So let's look at two key words here. In Acts 20, 28 first, we've got the word take care and be on your guard. Paul is warning the believers there. So this word is 4337, Strong's number, and it literally has the idea of to hold to, to hold to something, to turn to, to tend to, to pay attention to, to beware, to be cautious, to devote yourself to. And it's a compound word and also has the idea of to have two words, to give full attention, to set a course and keep on it. I love that, to set on a course but to keep on it. You know, you can get on the right course and get off it. You can get on the right path. You can get on the straight and narrow and get off it. Like some some people say, you know, it's not the way you begin. It's how you finish, right? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Well, I like to start right and I like to finish right. So, and then we've got this other word here in 1 Corinthians 3.10. It's similar in the English. It's take heed, all right? So very synonymous with take care and be on your guard, but it's a different Greek word. It's uh, Strong's number 991, and it literally has the idea of to look at, to see, to perceive, to discern, to be observant, to be watchful. It suggests to see something physical with spiritual results, perception. That is, it carries what is seen into a non-physical, immaterial realm so that a person can take the needed action, respond, beware, and be alert. Very, very close to what Paul here is saying in 1 Corinthians 3.10 and what he was saying in Acts 20.28. The Bible is full of warnings. They really are. I mean, even from the, in the Old Testament. I mean, starting back in the garden, uh, God warned Adam not to eat of the tree, right? He said, don't eat of the tree. The day you eat of it, you're going to die. And he ate of it and he died, spiritually and then physically. So, uh, another verse concerning, okay, so now this is what I want to get into here, is we have these two words, take care and take heed. Now, something else that Paul said here is take care and be on your guard for yourselves, for yourselves. And then he said, and the whole flock, but start with yourself. So I remember, I tell you, I think I was in the washroom, I think. And I had done a study on this years ago, and they they just kind of flooded back in a subtle way all these verses that I have found concerning yourself. So I knew, you know, I knew beforehand, but I just knew that the Lord was putting this together for me as he usually does, and that's the way I like it. And uh, so let's look at um, let's look at a few verses here regarding taking heed and guarding yourself first and then the flock. Speaking to the leaders here in uh, Acts 20, 1 Timothy 4, 6 and 7, if you lay, he's talking to Timothy, uh, if you lay these instructions before the brethren, men and women here, brethren is, there's no gender there in the Greek, you will be worthy, a worthy steward and a good minister of Jesus Christ ever 
nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good instructions which you have closely followed. So Paul is telling Timothy, start with yourself. How? How? A, a key to protecting yourself, guarding yourself, as he said in verse 28, taking heed, is by nourishing yourself, all right? Even in the natural, nourishing yourself with a good diet, physical exercise, different things like that. Nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith. Um, and then he goes into verse 7, but refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane, impure, godless fictions, uh, silly myths, and express your disapproval of them. Train yourself. There we got the word yourself again. Train yourself. So nourish yourself. Train yourself towards godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. All right? So the Amplified added that, but that's okay. That's, that's all part of it. All right? So Paul is telling this to Timothy. All right? And then we get into 1 Timothy, still 4, but this time verse 13. Till I come, devote yourself. He's talking to Timothy. Look after yourself first, and then you'll be fit and equipped to help God's people. So devote yourself to reading, public and private reading, to exhortation, preaching, personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine or instilling sound doctrine, but start with yourself. Devote yourself. Yourself. All right. Well, let's move on here to 1 Timothy. We're still in 1 Timothy, pastoral epistles. Uh, chapter 4 again. Now we're on to 15 and 16. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. All right. He's telling that to Timothy. Throw yourself. I did. I, I, we're we're going to do some teaching on this down the road. I got a lot of stuff in my notes, my journal on this, and the Greek and all that. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to everybody. All right, so start with yourself, Timothy. Start with yourself. 16, look well to yourself. There it is again, the word yourself. To your own personality and to your teaching, persevere in these things, hold to them. And by so doing, you will save by you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So start with yourself, Timothy. So leaders, start with yourself. And I will say that I would, you know, most leaders will say, "Well, I'm already doing all this," and you know, I will say, "Probably not. Probably not, because most of this, or if not all of this, has to do with." The five keys, which I've taught a lot on. I don't have time to get into that, but the five keys. So let's look at some, some key words here uh, in the original. So this word yourself, okay, this word yourself, we have 1438. It's a reflective, see, reflective, reflective, reflecting, you know, take heed to yourself, right? Inwardly, reflective pronoun of himself, herself, itself and then we have another one used there's two different greek words in all of this concerning yourself it's 4572 it's another reflective pronoun and it has the idea of to or for yourself uh, it's uh, from 4571 and 846 so it's a compound and very interesting, relating to yourself as you bring the action or the attention back 
to or on yourself. Start with yourself. And this, like I said, this is not just for leaders overall. This is for every member of the body because every member of the body has a vital part or role to play in the body. Very clear in 1 Corinthians 12. Very clear. And uh, so, and we're going to give an account. These verses that I'm sharing today, we're going to be judged by these verses. So let's go back to, now we've covered um, take care, uh, the warning, and then yourself, and then back to Acts 20, 28, take care and be on the guard. We've got the word um, which the Holy Spirit has appointed you, bishops, bishops and guardians, and then to shepherd, all right? Two big key words here, two huge words. I've written on this years ago. So we got the word bishop or guardian. I despise the word bishop. I despise it. And um, I like the word guardian. And it's just basically, I love the word overseer, to see over. It's, uh, it's the original word. It's uh, strong number 1985, episcopos. Scopos, epi over scopos has the idea what scope, seeing. And uh, not going to get into it. I've touched on this before in some of my videos. I'll do a whole video on this word. And uh, so basically, key definitions. I wrote a lot here. Uh, we're going to have it on the up on the video. But basically, an overseer, superintendent, um, supervisor, ruler, um, supervising function exercised by an elder in the church in the church setting. It's derived from 1909, epi, and then we have the word scopos, 4649. Uh, the word scopos, I love it, it means to look intently. So to look intently over, over what? Over something, over people, over church government, over doctrine, sound doctrine, making sure you're, you're teaching sound doctrine. Um, like at an end marker in concluding a race, um, keeping an eye on, that's a great definition too. One of the definitions they don't have here is a um, not only a supervisor, but an inspector. I love the word inspector. It's got the word spect in there, which has to do with the eyes. If you look it up in um, the dictionary from the Latin. Uh, tradition has a position of authority. Um, and in reality, the focus is upon the responsibility for caring for others. That's right. And we are greatly, greatly lacking this in the overall body of Christ, unfortunately. And we're going to change all that. That's what Reformation is all about. The next word is to shepherd. That's a big one. Don't have time to get into the great details of how the Lord got that over to me years ago. But it's 4165. It's the word poimen. A Greek word, transliteration. And it literally, basically, there's a lot of, uh, got a lot of definitions here. Um, to tend, to hurt, to rule, to govern, uh, to care, to protect. That is the key, key root word for the word poiment, is to protect. A true shepherd, and that's not just for pastors, that's for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, whatever. It's to protect. Protect what? The sheep, God's people. From what? From wolves, yes. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, false doctrine, false interpretations, different things like that. 
guarding, guiding, folding, um, the shepherd. Uh, let's see here, what else? We have this provides spirit-directed guidance, conjunction with feeding his people, teaching them scripture, right? Getting back into wrong, uh, right indoctrination, uh, rightly divided the truth, right? The word of truth, right? So big, big, big responsibility as a quote-unquote shepherd. I wrote here, this keyword shepherd translated pastor in most translations, I cannot stand that word, has been one of the most misunderstood words, therefore one of the most misused words in the overall church body of Christ. So let's move on here to still in Acts 20, 28. The last part, the last part of this verse, uh, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which he obtained for himself, buying it, saving it for himself with his own blood. All right, without Jesus, there would be no church. There would be no church. So I wrote here, the true church does not belong to any man. It just doesn't, or woman, but to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The true church go does not belong to any apostles, some prophet, evangelist, but to Jesus himself. Matthew 16, 18, uh, perfect reference for that. Uh, and as I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, this revelation of what Peter said, you are the son of the living God, going back to what Paul said, building upon the right, the, the foundation, building right upon the foundation that he laid as an architect, uh, I will build my church. See, my church. He didn't say I will build a church. He said I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So, the true church, meaning the true body of Christ, is basically, it's the new creation. It is. The, who, who made so much about uh, being in Christ, uh, a new creation, all these different terminologies, the new birth and all that? Jesus talked about it to Nicodemus. Uh, but Paul, I mean, all the epistles, but Paul made so much about this new creation, this new man. And Jesus is the very first one to be born of this new creation. He really is as the new second and last Adam. He's the firstborn, uh, Colossians 1.18. Let's look at that here and then we'll be done. He also is the head of his own body, the church, seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, the spiritually dead, so that he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place, stand first, and be preeminent in all areas of life. Whether it's in your life, the life of the church, he wants to be first, and second, and third, and fourth. There's no room for you and me. It's just no room. It's all about him. We have his, once you're born again, we have his nature, right? And we have the Holy Spirit, right? So, and then we're supposed to renew our minds with His Word. So, what's left? The human body, you know? And even that, the Bible says, Paul says that we've been bought with a price. Glorify God with your body. We're, we're part of the temple, right? So, there's no room for me and you. There really isn't. That's why Paul says to get rid of that old man. And that's why. We've got what we've got in the church today, or we don't have what we should have. We've got too much of the old man, and it's really sad, and uh, we're going to give an account. So I thank you for your time, and as I finish all my videos,
I encourage you to walk in the fullness, not only of the grace of God, but of the faith of God. Shalom and amen.